Lee refrained from trying to explain details about time to a four-year-old, and resigned himself to getting up. He snagged a pair of pants from a moving box, and padded barefoot across the thick carpet to sweep Clara up and toss her effortlessly onto the wide bread while he got dressed. She giggled and tumbled, then sat up seriously. Will my new teacher like me? she asked anxiously. You don't need to worry about that, cub, Lee was quick to assure her. You're going to have a great time. Aunt Bella says it's the best school in the whole town. Like the concept of time, it was pointless to add that the entire town was only 1,300 people strong, and there had not been a choice at all. If the preschool did not work out, he could pack them back up and move them to another town. But Lee was wary of moving, and tired of cities. He already loved the house he had found, and the quaint little town of Green Valley. His bear loved the wilderness It was only a short wander out his back door. If the preschool didn't work out, maybe he would just hire another nanny and keep Clara home. He was suddenly hopeful that his daughter wouldn't get along with the teacher. Would you like a special breakfast? he offered to distract her. You can help me wash dishes afterwards. Clara's face lit up. Yes, pancakes with blueberries. Can I make the bubbles for the dishes? Lee helped Clara off the bed and took her little hand in his own. Pancakes it is, and you can make all the bubbles because it's your first day of preschool. He wondered when she would grow up enough to realise that washing dishes wasn't really the treat he made it out to be. He was still looking for a reason not to like preschool as he drove the beater company truck he had borrowed from his construction company up to the quaint little house. Despite his efforts and Clara's insanely early wake up, they were still running late. It had started to snow and he didn't want to push the truck too fast on the slushy streets. It had also, somehow, taken 20 minutes to get Clara into her winter coat and out the door, despite her eagerness to go. He unstrapped Clara from her car seat and followed her with growing reluctance up the snowy steps. He wondered if she should have insisted she wear her winter boots rather than the pink bear tennis shoes. But she scampered up and was pushing open the door before the snow had a chance to stick to her legs. The door opened to a tiny arctic entryway. Clara would have pushed further on, but Lee noticed the rack of coats and stopped her. Here, honey, let's take off your coat. She squirmed and fussed while he unzipped her and hung her coat on an empty hook. It was warm, noisy chaos behind the second door. Children laughed and played at activity stations around the room, and someone was playing a cheerful song on a slightly tinny upright piano. As a musician, unseen, ended with a flourish, some of the children clapped in delight. He wasn't ready. He had been a fool to think he could do this, to leave Clara with some stranger for so many hours. He would just tell the old woman that he'd made a mistake, that Clara would be too anxious that he cast about in his mind for some excuse, that he'd forgotten her lunch. He settled a scowl on his face, that was often enough to send weak-willed people running, and maybe she wouldn't ask why he was withdrawing Clara from her class. But Clara, not at all bothered by the noise, was trotting forward, her lunch clutched in one hand, and the other pulling him reluctantly forward. Her name is Miss Patricia, she said enthusiastically. Aunt Bella said so. Then, Miss Patricia, 
was bouncing out from behind the piano, and Lee's excuses died on his lips. The grey bun and glasses he had imagined were nowhere to be seen. The tiny, ancient woman he had envisioned bore no resemblance to the blonde goddess who was smiling down at his daughter. She was tall and curvy, with big brown eyes and straw blonde hair loose to her shoulders. Energy radiated from her, and Lee felt like the floor had fallen away. This has been a sample of Dancing Barefoot, written by Zoe Chant, narrated by Lewis Bailey. Copyright 2016 by Zoe Chant. Production copyright 2016 by Blackrock Publishing.